This is the message given by Pastor James Lim during the evening worship service at Faith Presbyterian Church, Long Beach, California, for December 24, 2023. The title of the message is The Son of Fulfillment. If you would turn in your Bibles with me, uh, we are, we've come to the last of our Advent uh, messages, uh, Advent meaning the coming, uh, the, the first coming of Christ, and on this Christmas Eve, oh, what a wonderful way to uh, end the Advent and begin uh, the Christmas uh, season here. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25, and if you have a different translation or you don't have a Bible, you can follow along in the bulletin and the slide behind me. Hear now the reading of God's holy word, beginning in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of God, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. The grass withers and the flower fade, but the word of God stands forever. On March 4th, 2023, uh, Evangeline Statler was born four and a half months premature. Uh, They called her the little baby bird because she was so small. There there was a 50% chance that she was going to make it. She she was so small and and so premature. Uh, But on December 22nd, just a few days ago, her parents finally brought her home. When uh, the news interviewed her father, he said this, for the, timing to, uh, for the timing to line up with Christmas, it's symbolic. She is our gift. Every child is a gift from the Lord, especially under the most trying of times. But how much more so is this the case uh, when that child is the Son of God? How much more so is the case for Joseph and Mary 2,000 years ago in that small uh, animal uh, stall in Bethlehem? Can you imagine being almost nine months pregnant and traveling hundreds of miles from Nazareth in the far north to Bethlehem uh, in the south? No room in the inn, born in a stable, laid in a manger, holding your baby for the very first time, for the timing to to line up exactly right, looking into the eyes of your newborn baby son 
and saying, he is our gift. This doesn't just go for parents, but for all of us who trust in Jesus and celebrate him this day. At just the right time, God sent his son into the world so we could say, he is our gift. And on this Christmas Eve, we celebrate the fulfillment of that great Christmas promise made so long ago that ripples throughout the ages, beginning in Genesis 3.15 with the son of Eve, later on in Genesis with the son of Abraham, and then of David, and then prophesied and promised in Isaiah. The Christmas story is the fulfillment then of all those promises of the giving of a son who would come to save his people. Tonight as we uh, conclude our series through the giving of a son, we see the great fulfillment of that Christmas story then in the giving of the true son, the true son of uh, promise, the true son of fulfillment, the true son of Christmas, born to save us from our sins. And so who is this son? He is the son who fulfills all of God's promises of a son. Verse 22 tells us uh, that Jesus' birth Verse 22, took place in order to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. And what this means then is that every child born in scripture in in one way or another points us to the birth of a savior. This Advent season, we've been looking at the theme of of Christmas and the giving of a son and the birth of a son. Uh, Genesis 3.15, all the way up to to, to, to this point. And what's interesting is that in Genesis 3.15, after God promises the giving of a son to to Eve, uh, through the the giving of the curse to the seed of the the serpent and to Adam and Eve, uh, that through her son would crush then the head of the serpent and his heel would be bruised uh, in that victory. And then... When they believed that promise, Adam names his wife Eve, uh, which means life. That in doing so, he's confessing uh, that he trusts in that promise. And what that means then is Eve would become then the mother of all the living. Not just literally, but of the, the new life that would come through her future son. And so it seems to me that the very idea of the birth of a son is a type and a shadow of the birth of the true son, of all sons. Just as God created the whole universe to point us to him, so also God created Adam and Eve to point us to the second Adam, the true Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ. And through his birth, Eve would indeed become the mother of all those who would receive new and eternal life. Very much like Abraham, who through his greater son, Jesus became the father of many nations. And then every supernatural conception and birth 
points us to his virgin conception and birth by the Holy Spirit. Look at verse 23 with me. Uh, Verse 23 tells us that the fulfillment of this great promise comes through the manner of his birth. Look at what it says there. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Or earlier, that conception, that virgin conception is described as being from the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit. A direct uh, act, a miraculous supernatural work of God. So that then all of God's promises of salvation through the birth of a son would then also be accompanied by supernatural conceptions and birth. Right? This is what we've been looking at the past several weeks. Uh, Sarah was 90 years old when God said that she would conceive and have a son uh, with Abraham. Rachel, who had been barren for so many years while Isaac had many sons with, with her sister Leah, but God fulfilled uh, his promises to her when he opened up her womb, so to speak, so that she could conceive and give birth to Jacob and more sons afterwards. Hannah was, uh, was barren, so she cried out to God who heard her prayers and opened up her womb and gave her Samuel. And then in the fullness of time, Mary, a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, gave birth to Jesus. The whole point of these miraculous conceptions was that it was all by the power of God, not by the power of men or women. It was to show all that the initiative and power to save lies with God and God alone not by the whims and the will of people so that no one may boast, but that God would have all the uh, glory. God in the gospel brings forth life against the natural circumstances to demonstrate his gracious saving power. So when an old woman, a barren lady, a virgin, all conceive a, a child, a son, we can say, that with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. As we'll see, these are the supernatural births uh, of sons, but Jesus, his case is absolutely unique. His is the only virgin conception. Why? So like at the first creation, Jesus's conception by the Holy Spirit was a direct work of new creation, right? Like the first Adam, uh, he wasn't conceived the way that you and I are, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, God fashioned him, molded him out of the dust of the earth and breathed the breath of life into him, a direct action of God. And in the same way, Jesus, the second Adam, was formed and conceived uh, in his mother's womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. And being our second Adam then, his miraculous birth opens the door for our miraculous second birth. This is what John meant when he described how Jesus came to us so that we might become children of God. 
John 1, that, that we were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And this is why we sing every Christmas. Hark the herald angels sing. Born that, no, that, that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. The miraculous birth reveals what kind of son he is. He would then also be the incarnate son who is both God and man to bring us to God. This highlights two very important truths about who Jesus is and the sonship he represents. He is, first, he is a fully human son born from Mary's humanity. Like Eve, he bears the giver. Uh, he bears the, um, the giver of the life that he has as he is uh, born from her in her womb. Being conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary, he is born of Mary, uh, so he shares her humanity. And we see this over and over again throughout the Bible. This promised Messiah, this Jesus, is going to be a man. Born of a woman, born the son of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, born in the lineage in the house of David, born of his body, 2 Samuel 7, born the fullness of deity dwelling bodily. And this is why the writer of Hebrews says, he was made like us in every way, yet without sin. Why? So that he might become for us a sympathetic high priest to sacrifice himself and make intercession for us and to save us to the uttermost. He's not only fully human, but he is also at the very same time fully divine, fully the Son of God, God of God, light of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, our creeds and confessions say. Verse 23 says, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. See, Jesus is the fullness of deity dwelling bodily. He is the image of the invisible God, the word become flesh, who was in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. And it is this word that dwelt among us in our humanity. He is the fulfillment of every promise of God's covenant to be with his people. Over and over again, God promised to be uh, God to his people and, he, and they would be his, that God would be God to them and they would be his people to him. That he would be with them. That he would never leave them nor forsake them. See, when you, and whenever you think about all the stories of the Old Testament, whenever God dwelt with and among his people in the glory cloud, in the tabernacle in the middle of the desert, in the ark, in the temple in Jerusalem. God is with us. And that is fulfilled in the true ark, the true tabernacle, the true temple that dwells among his people. He is the true Emmanuel, God incarnate, God dwelling with us. And this is the good news of Christmas, the promise of a son. In Jesus, we have a human son who knows us in every aspect of our humanity, every weakness, every hurt, 
every pain, every trial, every temptation. And we have a divine son, God the son who dwells with us and in us so that we might know him, to know his glory, to know his grace, his power, his mercy, his compassion, his love. And most of all, this is the most precious truth of Christmas, that he dwells with us to dwell in us so that we might dwell forever with him. So that in Christ, we would be with him in his presence forever and ever in glory. And all because Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. His incarnation then has some very important applications for our Christian lives. I hope you'll remember it this Christmas. If you want an unshakable anchor for your faith and hope, then remember that Jesus is the almighty son of God and no one and nothing can pluck you from his hand. Uh, The apostle Paul puts it this way, that we are more than conquerors through him who has loved us. For we can be sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Secondly, if you are suffering through a hard time and you need comfort, remember Jesus' humanity in your place. That he, he is a man just like you, a, a person, a human just like you. He was born an infant. He knows your heart. He can sympathize with your every weakness. He knows Satan's temptations, and he overcame them. And out of the fullness of his experience, he can give that to you. He endured our hunger and thirst. He shed tears He knows our pain. And because of that, he has earned our trust. You can trust him then with all of your sadness, with all of your sorrows, with all of your heartbreaks. Jesus knows exactly what you are going through and he can help you He can give you all the resources of his love and of his mercy and of his power. So look to him. Let him know what you're going through. Pour out your heart that has been broken over and over and over again. And no matter what circumstances you're going through, Jesus is always there to hear you. And he will come and he will answer and he will comfort you. You are his little lambs and you are precious in his sight. Finally, Jesus is not only the promised son and the incarnate son, but he is the fulfillment 
of the saving son who comes to save us from our sins. This is why the angel of the Lord tells Joseph to name him Jesus. Why? For he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is literally literally Joshua, which in Hebrew means Yahweh saves, or Yahweh is Savior. And this is who Jesus is, right? We, in the Bible, when people take on a name that describes them, it is who they are. And Jesus is literally Yahweh, Savior. He's the God-man who saves from what? Our sins. How does he do that? He bears our human sins in his human body. And as both God and man, he is the priest and the sacrifice. He is the gift and the giver, the just and the justifier of his people. He bore the penalty and the punishment that we deserved. He lived the human life that we should have lived. He died the human death that we deserved so that we might have forgiveness, we might have new life, eternal life, resurrection life. He rose from the grave. He is the true Joshua who in dying conquered sin and in rising had victory over death. He died in victory, rose in glory so that we might become sons and daughters of the living God. And all because a son was given that we might behold Jesus the true son given, the promised son, the incarnate son, the savior son. Would you embrace him this Christmas? Tonight in the gospel, God offers you his true son. And if you would repent of your sin and behold, lay hold of him by faith, then you can say with all of God's people throughout all the ages that when Jesus came, you can embrace him and say he is our gift. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for this wonderful story, true story of the good news of Jesus. Lord, remind us of what it means then for him to come, to become one of us so that he might save us. Lord, on this Christmas Eve, as we give and receive gifts, as we open them and as we behold them and as we uh, accept them, we're, we're so thankful for them. But Lord, help us not to get lost uh, in, in all of that so that we would forget then your gift to us, that wonderful Christmas gift 2,000 years ago in the gift of your son. Lord, we thank you that you gave us him. In his name we pray, amen.